Welcome back. This is another episode of Backward Point, which is a cricket podcast centric around Pakistan cricket, but also just world cricket in general. I am your co-host, Bashar, and with me, as always, is my dear brother and co-host, Nazar Sayed. If you're the Shoaib Akhtar, then I'm the Shahid Afridi of this Legends Bro, League I cricket thought, tournament. I, <laughs> no, I thought if you were the Kamar Akmal, I would oh, be the sure. Omar Akmal. No, 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 no. We're not going that deep. I don't think I don't think, that, I don't think we're ready for that. I don't think we're ready for that yet, man. Uh, but the Legends League... Uh, Andy Flower, has, Grand Flower. The Legends League has uh, reinvented a vigor in me that I forgot that I had. And um, after that, Shoaib Akhtar vlog, man. What are we talking about now? That was this a, is the topic was, of the podcast, right? That wasn't a vlog. It was more like a, the roast of Shreyvakhtar. I loved it. It's the roast we never got. I, I loved it, man. I was, it was raw. It was unedited. Uh, I mean, it was definitely edited. But, you know, you saw moments that you didn't see and that you've uh, always wanted to see from these stars. You hear these stories about these guys, like, hanging out. And you kind of got a glimpse of that. I was felt really privileged to be a part of that, um, that squad there. Absolutely. I think... Uh, the podcast, this podcast episode, we're looking to talk about a few different things. So where the PSL is right now, yeah, the Pakistan squad got announced for the Afghanistan series yep. towards the end of the month. Um, the India versus Australia test series has mm-hmm. come to an end. The precursor to the uh, final of the World Test Championship. Exactly. And then also the that terrific test match we got to see against Sri Lanka versus New Zealand. New Zealand and another amazing test match. Another test match that's been... Really, uh, they're two for two, man. Great to see. I think New Zealand is uh, single-handedly saving Test cricket right now. I don't know about anybody else, but New Zealand cricket's definitely on a roll right now. Absolutely. Um, which one do you want to start with first? PSL. Okay. Pakistan Cricket Podcast. We we love to go with the green first. Um, we have our top four teams for the PSL. We have uh, the qualifier game. Uh, by the time this episode is going to be out, we probably have the result of the first qualifier. Top four teams finished as. Dahor, Multan, Islamabad, and Peshawar. And I want to say one thing. Uh, before this PSL, we had an episode where both of us had some predictions regarding the PSL. Mm-hmm. And your predictions were 100% spot on. You predicted Lahore, Islamabad, Peshawar, and Multan to qualify. Whereas um, the only difference between my prediction and yours was that I thought Quetta would qualify. Um, I don't know why you have hopes with Zafraz, man. Yeah. I, I guess the Karachiites are ready to get their hopes broken by this guy. Yeah, I think just think like they had um they had the recipe for a good team, but they just weren't able to mix it together in the right way to have the right combination. And then also like one of their main bowlers, Hasaronga, he mm. hit the drop. So yeah, I, I'm not sure where Quita as a franchise is gonna go next year. Like do they still persist with Sirfraz as their captain? Um I don't he's think been so. having, he's old now, isn't he? He's like 35, he's 35 36. 36. That's old, man. Like I was even not I wasn't even a fan of the fact that um, Karachi had Imad as their captain. I think he's old as well. Like He's too old to lead that team. You need a young blood, 25, 27-year-old kid who's going to be the next face of this franchise. That, I mean, no no shots at Safraz. Safraz did a really good job for a really long time. I think he has two two PSL titles under his, under his belt. There's no feat to be uh, you know smirking upon. That's a really good um, number there. But... The problem with our players, the problem with our franchises is that we don't know when to hang in the mantle. Mm-hmm. And I have massive respect for Man Khan for that because he knew exactly when to hang it in. Uh, he did it in 87, got called back. Uh, he did it again in 92 at the top of his game. And I just feel like we don't know when to do that. 
I feel like our players just want to milk the system as much as they can. I do and blame play them for as long as possible. Do you can. blame them though? Like it's the system, and and the, all these a lot of these players come from obscurity, and um, you know not so wealthy backgrounds. So I don't I don't blame them. I don't put the onus on them. But at at a certain point, enough time spent in the game, you do need to put your insecurities on the side and retire, Shreya Malik, because <laughs> it's you're forty one, right? He's forty one. Eight PSLs. Three different teams, but not a single PSL title to show for. That's fine. Um, he has a 2009 World Cup under his belt. We already talked about how that's going to be his legacy, not the PSL titles, man. Not this number one scorer in T20 franchise cricket. That doesn't mean anything. But the fact that he has a medal that he can hang on in his Dubai apartment uh, when Sanya dumps him, oh, it's wow. going to be fine. <laughs> like okay. He's going to have something to hang on to. Wait, we're not... Is this isn't that podcast? We're not talking about that. <laughs> Um, I wanted to talk about how the second leg of this PSL uh, was it the third leg. I'm not sure exactly, uh, but it's been a lot of legs. It's been a runs galore. Uh, ever oh since we saw the PSL God. go to Pindi, we saw 240 being scored, 240 being chased on two occasions against Zalmi. Against Zalmi, Zalmi scored 240 on both occasions. It got chased. And then we saw 260 being scored and that almost got chased. Um, this is a bit shocking to me because the PSL is known for its the quality of its bowling. All of the foreign players that come to play, they mention that the PSL's bowling attack, um, in general, the, the fast bowlers are, are such top-notch that it's, it's really hard to score runs. Um, and then with that being said, if we're seeing scores of 240 being chased, 260 being scored, um, you really start to doubt whether that if that is actually the, the, the reality of things. The pitch in Pindi you're talking about, right? Let's talk about the it's elephant road. room. It's what is that? Don't call it a pitch. How do we? How has ICC okayed that as an international ground? Man, I've played in a UBL complex where there was a gutter in the middle of the ground, and that had a better pitch. The bounce and spin on that was a lot better than what we just got. Nothing for the bowlers. We got, we got bowlers going for, for I think one of the bowlers went for sixty in three hours. Yeah. What it, like? A bowler going at ten and over is like, oh, he had he had a good day. <laughs> so Bindi, yeah. I think I know he took like three or four wickets for thirty-seven or forty uh, in his four overs, and the commentators were like, he had a great day today. I mean, that's disgraceful for the brand of cricket. Okay, that, if that happens once, like I keep going back to one of the greatest ODIs ever played, uh, the South Africa versus Australia game in, I believe, uh, Johannesburg. Yeah, the four thirty. Yeah, which by the way was just had its anniversary pass. Uh, the 434 and being chased by 438. The spectacle of that game was that it was the highest runs ever scored and it was the highest runs ever chased. And that only happened once. Imagine if that whole series, the average score of every innings was 400 runs. Mm-hmm. It, be, it loses its novelty. It loses its speciality. Uh, all the innings that are played in that game they just lose their shine a little bit because it's being it's been done so much the reason why we appreciate these games are because these are the highest uh these are the best players at the highest level and we don't expect that kind of performance from them and a lot of them a lot of it isn't even based on them it's just the surroundings cricket is an atmospheric game the environment is very integral in the way that the game is played if it's raining it's going to be a bowling pitch if it's sunny it's going to be a batting pitch i get it but that wasn't it we're going to talk about the India pitch as well. We're going to talk about the India-Australia series as well right now. Uh, but we have to start pointing fingers at us. This has been going on for way too long. We hosted two huge cricketing nations in England and Australia, and we were a laughing stock, 
right? And we don't have the balls. Even New Zealand. Like, we don't have the balls to like India to be like, that's the pitch we wanted, play or leave. We don't have that. So we need to be- become better brand ambassadors for our own cricket as opposed to pointing fingers at our neighbors or other people for stealing our opportunities. Yeah, I like I like how you said that. And like it takes if every game is like two to thirty, two forty being chased, uh it cricket in general, the matches they lose its shine. And if I'm being completely transparent, I've lost interest in the last few games. Um like I had to like for the podcast I had to watch yeah, yeah, yeah. and sort of I'll have an work. opinion about it. But um it just because I'm a I think I come from a very biased point of view because I'm a fast bowler myself. Yeah. So I like it when there's a balance between bat and ball. Yeah. Um, you took us back to one of the the greatest ODIs played uh, where 434 was chased. Uh, I'll take you back to the 2019 World Cup final, uh, which is also one of the greatest ODIs ever played. Um, and I like that game particularly because there was a good balance between bat and ball. Yeah. Matt Henry's getting the ball to swing. Uh, Chris Wilkes is getting the ball to swing. There's also at the same time good spin on offer. You've got to play good technical shots to, to score runs. And I understand the PSL is a T20 league and it's also the more boundaries being scored, the more entertaining it is. But I think there still needs to be some sort of balance between bat and ball. Um, you can't have quality bowlers like Shaheen, Haris Rauf, Nassim Shah going for like 40-50 over in every single game. Yeah, 40-50 a match. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's just disgraceful, man, at this point. Like, it was fun. Like, my boy Barber scored the century and then gets criticized. You want to talk about that? Because okay. I thought this podcast was going to be just about that, right? <laughs> I wanted to do a separate podcast yeah, I know, just on that. We're, we're here now. We're here now, so let's talk about it. <laughs> like, not, not, not only was I angry at the quality of cricket that was played, I was angry... At the reaction of the quality of cricket that right, was played. Right, right. Okay. So we have Babar Azam here, who is one of the greatest Pakistani batsmen of all time. No, no, no. Not one of the greatest. He is the greatest Pakistani batsman of all time. And he scored a century as right rate of, I believe, 180. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I think it was a bit lower, like 170 something. 177. My bad. 177. Yeah. Okay. This guy scores a strike rate at 175. I'll give you 175. And he gets criticized. Uh, yeah, 84 yeah. for zero. Asia Cup. I want to take everybody back to 2016. The year that Babar Azam debuted. We played. We had our stars. We had a healthy Mohamed Amir. We had uh, like Mizbah Afridi. Near the end of their careers, but they were there. Right? It's Shahid Afridi. It's, it's one of the greatest T20 players of all time. 84 for zero. 84 all out. Uh, yeah. Eddie, sorry, 84 all out. Everybody remembers that spell from Ahmed. Oh my God, one of the greatest spells ever. In vain, because your team couldn't score runs. If that had 120 on board, it's a completely different game. We're coming from that to a guy who's scoring at 177, scoring a century. And we're at, Twitter was wild. The discourse on Twitter, I know it's a toxic place, it's scum of the earth, I get it. But I go there from time to time to amuse myself. Man, I was so disappointed. I was like the privilege, the audacity of these Pakistani cricket fans. Either they have just started watching, this is their first PSL watching, or they have been completely disregarding everything that's been happening in the past 20 years of Pakistani cricket because everything leads up to this moment. And the disrespect on the timeline, the the disgrace on the timeline, I was appalled. But at the same time, there was a point where I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this because I feel good about this. You know why I feel good about this? The greats were 
always questioned at their performance. You know, like, I'm, it takes me back to Tendulkar, who just for the life of him could not get his 100th century, right? And people were calling him selfish. People were calling him uh, just self-obsessed with chasing numbers, etc., etc. And it took him about 20, 20, 30 innings to get his last century against Bangladesh. But people forget that he had many scores before his last century that were match-winning, that were above 50 at a good strike rate. People don't disregard that because in their heads, the narrative is Tendulkar is out here chasing numbers. That's the same thing that's happening with Babu right now. Okay, he scored what eighty something off 50, 40 balls, and he takes twenty to score. He takes fifteen balls to score his next twenty. Big deal, big deal. That's been like Simon Duel, my guy, right? I, I respect Simon Duel. He's a good guy. He's a great commentator. I love this guy. He made a fair criticism. I, I think the vitriol against him is completely unfair, but I think it's a. I, I think just that perspective of putting that notion out that maybe Bauer is playing a selfish innings has sparked all these naysayers and these haters who've always been lurching around just didn't get a chance to uh, attack. But now they do. Um, so I'm going to have to agree with my man Simon here um, because, so you mentioned Bauer scored 100 um, at a strike rate of 177, 176, um, which I think is a great strike rate. But at the same time, you have to consider the conditions he's playing with. You have to consider the relative stats. So Peshawar scored 240. So uh, essentially, there's 120 balls in a innings for T20, and so if you're scoring 240, the, the average team strike rate is 240, right? Um, so I don't know about the math on that. Yeah, because if you're scoring a run off of every two runs off every ball, that's 200. The strike rate is 100, right? To 200, yes. Yeah, so to 200, yes. Yeah, see, I didn't know. Strike about rate is 200. Okay, and then so if Bauer is scoring 100, um, and his Ending strike rate is 177. That's below par. And then when you're comparing the guy who chased the score down, Jason Roy, he think he scored 100 off like 40 balls, 45 balls. So he completely crushed Bobber's innings. And they chased the score with, uh, I think, an over or two. That's not a valid argument because there are different styles of playing. Do you remember the time when Afidi used to open with Seydanwar? Yeah. Nobody was going like, Seydanwar, man, you scored a century. When you scored 194 against India, and you took too many balls. No, because Afridi is the guy who attacks. He scores a quick 35-40 off 15-20. Buddy, you're comparing an ODI to a T20. I'm just you, saying that... The, I, I absolutely hate the fact that Pakistan is still playing anchors in their T20 team. So, I didn't have a stat for you. So, the top 10 run scores in this PSL. The top two are, mashallah, the openers of Pakistan cricket team. Mohamed Rizwan, Babar Azam. Amazing stat. Long live. Long live. I hope the best for them in the future. However, a very, very important thing to notice here is that amongst the top 10 batsmen that have the highest score, Babur and Rizwan have the lowest strike rate. Okay, I hear you. This is not a, an era where you need anchors or guys who take their time in the power okay. play to score I, I disagree with this immediately. Okay, let me let's talk about basketball for one split second. Mm -hmm. How many teams are playing basketball right now? Only one? But basketball is test cricket. I'm talking no, specifically I'm, T20s. I'm talking about what I was going to get into was the culture, the team culture. Pakistani okay. team culture is not send eight off Rithis and there's cold 50 off 15 and they'll come back. That's not the culture of the team. But a culture is something you develop over time. Why, why are we even getting we started? We just on got that? this culture. Bro, we just got this. We, 2021. We, have, we got the wrong culture. We need to break this culture and we need to bring in a more attacking approach. Who is an anchor in the England cricket team? 
the T20. They have team. a different culture. It's a so different we need team to, chemistry. We need to get with the program and get with the times. I disagree with this because you're you're. Why fix something that isn't broken? I I personally speaking, I think it's not broken. But at the same time, it why not improve something that has potential? I feel to like be tinkering with it will spoil it. Now, what you're saying, what you want, is happening. This is a great segue into the Pakistan yeah. uh, Afghanistan series that's happening at the Absolutely. end of this month because the squad was announced. No anchor players, right? Maybe Masood. I'll give you Masood. No, Sean Masood. No anchor players. You got all your pinch hitters. It's your dream fantasy fetish team. Absolutely. It's it the is. Pakistan team that you like literally lust about. You have your Azam Khans. You have Usaima Yubes, which, which I still think is premature. Absolutely it is. We have your Mohammed Harris, which I, I'm, I'm a fan of. I'm, I'm okay with that. You have your Abdullah Shafiqs, which I'm a big fan of, by the way. He's having a great PSL, my guy. Fahim Ashraf. Rana Saab is back. Shut up, Captain. Like, it's everything you've ever wanted in life. Yes. All right? You've 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 somehow managed to silence, to break the vigor of Mr. Babar Azam. And you've sat him down. You've sat Rizwan. You've sat Shaheen. And you've sat... Um, the fourth, the fourth, fourth one sitting, Fakhar. Fakhar. You sat up. You sat your backbone of your team and, and Haris Rove as well. And Haris Rove as well. Wow. So you sat the backbone of your team, and you're sending a B team, very like, very reminiscent of the England teams and the Australian teams that come. They usually send their B team, C teams to countries like Bangladesh, you know, lower end countries, Ireland. Um. So you've had that. All right, you'll get you'll get your opportunity to. We'll see. We'll, we'll definitely come back to this um, and see if that experiment works. You know, there's three T20s. They're, they're all in Dubai. In charge of in charge. Well, whatever UAE, and that's your home ground. You've played there for 15 years, 10 years. Um, also, Afghanistan's home ground. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think it's as neutral as it gets at, at, that, at that point. Will we see 20 overs going for two, 280, 290? Is that what you want? You want 200 strike rates, right? Eight players cannot play at a 200 strike rate. That's been my point ever since we've, we've been talking about this. The discourse is completely skewed from the get-go. So I think before we get into the strike rates and thing, I, I wanted to first address the importance of the PSL again because so many of the players selected in this upcoming series are straight from the PSL because of their PSL performances. Um, we're seeing a comeback of Asim Khan. We're seeing a comeback after uh, for for Imad Asim. We're seeing new faces in, in the... Uh, in the in the faces of Saim, uh, Ehsanullah, Tayyab Tahir, Zaman Khan. And it's How all, these people I don't even know by the and way. And it's because of the PSL. If you follow the PSL closely, you know who these names are. They've been performing. Um, and some of them were exceptional talents. So again, we talked about it in the, thing, the second or third episode where he was questioning whether the PSL is even relevant. And I want to stand here and say... The PSL is relevant, and this is the reason why it's relevant because it's a pipeline of getting the future stars for Pakistan. I know it might not be the best way, but uh, it's the best option that we have. I get that, and uh, like I said, I don't know a lot of these people. I've, I've probably heard of them in the in the PSL, um, but if you're a casual fan, if you don't follow as closely as people do uh, normally then you'll be very, very confused at these names, um, which is fine. Um, they get their chance to uh, prove their mettle and they get their chance to make a name from themselves as, as the Legends did previously before them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting series. I'm definitely um, excited about that. From the Afghanistan point of view, Rashid Khan as captain, I like that. Yeah, they've been having issues with their captaincy. It's like, it feels like a musical chair. So it's, sometimes it's Nabi, sometimes it's um, Gulbadin. Yeah. 
Uh, now it's Rashid, so it just it doesn't seem like the most comfortable place to be. I mean, Rashid is their superstar, and him being the captain makes sense for the branding and the marketing of the yeah. team. Um, I'm a fan of it. I like Rashid. I think he's he's a great chap, great baller. He's like great batsman now too. He's turning yeah. into a great all rounder. Um, I'm in favor of it. I'm excited for the series. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. It's sort of as a point in the series because you're playing three twenty out three T twenty eyes um in a year of an ODI World Cup. I think these were supposed to be ODI matches, um, which could have been great preparation for the World Cup coming up in October. We don't have many games coming up. We have five ODIs against New Zealand. I mean this this series came out of nowhere for me as well. Like I don't know that they were planning this. Uh, yeah, I think what happened was that Australia was supposed to come to play uh, against the Bwanasan, but because of some political situation, they backed off. And so the Bwanasan board was about to go through, you know, face a huge loss because of TV rights and whatnot. So Pakistan offered to play three T20Is um, at a neutral venue um, to sort of compensate for that. Okay, I mean, fair enough. I don't, I don't mind that. But um, I, was, I didn't hear anything about it. I knew the, the, the New Zealand team was coming back to Pakistan for T20s and, and ODIs, yeah. which is going to be phenomenal. I'm really excited about that. Um, but, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be really easy to beat Afghanistan, even though it's a point in the series. They have quality spinners uh, in the likes of Rashid, Nabi, Mujib. Um, and they also have a good, solid batting attack. What do you think about the decision to rest your big players, especially Babar Azam? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good call. I personally feel like the best call was to rest Shaheen because of his knee. Uh, he needs some more time to sort of like strengthen it. And it's this is a big year and he has um, a few big tours and, and, and ICC events coming up this year, the next year. So we need Shaheen at his best. Um, so good to see him being rested. At the same time, yeah, Babur, Rizwan, Fakhar, um, these guys are permanent players in our, in our lineup. And the whole issue with resting your main players, especially in Pakistan, is that we don't have a that culture yet to rest main players because our players are very insecure of their spot in the team. They're like, you know, one minute you're in, one minute you're not. And then if somebody else comes and performs, they take your spot and then you're sort of out. Yeah. So um, I think this time the, the, the PCB gave the assurance to Bobber and, and all the players rested that, you know, you are a mainstay in our team. Uh, this is just an opportunity to get some rest um, before a very busy year coming up. I think it's a great call just because it, to me, it says that the PCB is not only looking at October 2023, but they're also looking at next year, 2024 T20 World Cup. You get these players a chance. You get them some minutes under the on the pitch. You never know. Like you might want to be picking out one of these out, one of these players out for the next year of the World Cup. You're starting from now, which I like. If that's the intent, I don't know if it is, but it sounds like it is, and I, I can get behind that because um, I don't know. Um, I don't know how long this Babarazam tenure is going to last. Will this be the last There's year? There does seem to be a huge propaganda lobbying against him to sort of have him removed as captain. There were lots of talks in the past few weeks of Shaheen sort of out of nowhere coming in as the captain, even though Shadab was the stated vice captain when Ben Babar was initially announced as captain. So it only made sense for Shadab to take over um, while Babar was rested. So um, I don't know. Again, it's, it's kind of like what you said. Um, Pakistanis aren't used to having a, a world-class player like Babur in their team. So now that we've had it, we don't know what to do with him. So I'm telling you. Everyone's trying to pull his legs, bring him down. Um, but Babur's very focused. He's, he ha- he knows what he wants to do, and he knows how to do it. So, um, yeah. We talked a lot about Azam Khan in the first few episodes, his performances, his fitness, whether he should be part of Pakistan's uh, T20 team or not. 
he is now in the squad. So, and, you know, provided that Bob Razum as captain has a say in the selection of the team, which I hope he does, um, he's sort of given the go-ahead for for Azam to be in the team. I mean, yeah. Um, Azam Khan's performance was such that you couldn't ignore it, right? Even if you wanted to, you had to pay attention to what this guy was doing, the numbers he was putting up. Um, he just, you know, it's like that book. What is that book? Uh, be, be so good that they can't. So good that they can't ignore so you. So good that Cal they can't Newport. ignore you. Yeah. Who's it by? Cal Newport. Cal Newport. Yeah. So good that they can't ignore you. And that's exactly what he did. He's been phenomenal. He's even naysayers like me who were doubting his abilities are like, okay, I want to see this. I want to see what he does. It's in his backyard. Uh, he's in, in the national team circuit. It's going to be very interesting to see how this turns out. And like he's piqued my interest. I just want to see if he delivers. And if he delivers, then I will. I don't mind coming up on this podcast and saying I was wrong uh, because uh, I would want him to succeed. It's the same thing with Imad as well. And I heard Imad speaking in one of his interviews where he said, that there's lots of talks about fitness um, in the Pakistan group and just in, in the world of cricket as well. But where do you draw the line between skills and fitness? Mm. Um, I think you've got to put your foot down and sort of go one way or the other. Um, and it looks like Barbara's shifting more towards the skill side if you're seeing players like Imad and Azam um, back in the team. Do you really think this is Barbara's team though? Well, I, I'm the sort of guy that I I want the captain to be empowered. He's and not the I, captain though. Um, he's, I mean, he still is, he's the captain. Yeah, Come but on. for this series, I feel like this is more like a Najam Sadi being like, okay, Barber, take a step back. Let's try some things. All right, uh, some things you like, some things you don't like, but it's fine because you don't have to deal with it anyways. If they, if Pakistan comes from a three zero loss, Najam Sadi can be like, well, we send our C team. If Pakistan win three zero, we can be like, well. We told you these guys are great, so you know keep the lookout on them. So it's a win-win situation for Pakistan yeah. in this in this series. Um, so I don't know. I, I I don't think this is Bobber's decision per se, but I'm excited to see how it plays out for sure. Um, good luck to the Pakistan team and yeah. whatever games are left for the PSL. Um, the first qualifier is Lahore versus Multan. And then the winner of that goes to the final. The loser of that plays the winner of the eliminator one, which is against Islamabad and Peshawar. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's going to be a Lahore versus Islamabad final. I would for love for reason. it to be a Lahore versus Peshawar final, though. Oh, my God. Okay. Shaheen versus Babbert. That would have been amazing to see. It would be. It, that would be a spectacle. Um, but, yeah, I think my prediction is Lahore to win. Everything. Everything. Yeah. All the way. Um, and then Islamabad, if they have a, a, a good day they can upset any team. I think Lahore's one weakness is they, they're not able to chase pretty well. So yeah. last couple of games they lost because they were chasing and yeah, just miscalculations of where to take the chase to. Yep. I think uh, I, I agree with you. I think this is Lahore's, uh, this is Lahore's tournament to lose. They should go back to back. Um, yeah. Good luck. Uh, good luck for every team. We'll probably review the finals as well when it comes to it. Yep. Um, we'll talk about India, Australia. Yeah, I wanted to segue towards India versus Australia. Hard, hard segue. Hard segue. Um, that last test match was a draw. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, India went on to win the series. And then in parallel, New Zealand beat Sri Lanka. So because of those two matches and those two results, um, India qualified for the World Test Championship final that is to be played in June at the Oval against Australia. So they've qualified back-to-back for these World Test Championship finals. Um, 
and we'll be looking forward to that in June. Nobody really wanted an Australia versus Sri Lanka test series, to be honest. Is it a series or just the game? It's just, it's a one-off game. If it's draws, it draws? It's a draw, it's a draw. I don't know about that. Maybe there should have been a series. But um, yeah, I don't think anybody wants that. Anybody wanted that. No no disrespect to um, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka's a good team. They, you know, they almost came close to beating New Zealand literally by the last ball. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I genuinely think these are the two best test teams that we have right now. Um it's, it's going to be played in English conditions in the summer. I uh, hope it doesn't rain. But I think it's going to be a good match. Uh, the series between Australia and, and India was was okay, I guess. I mean, I followed it. It wasn't as exciting as England, New Zealand, or Sri Lanka, New Zealand, to be honest. Who, who thought that was going to be? Um, it was okay. Uh, I felt like India really played every game, including cricket. I'm talking about they played the game of the pitches, they played the game of the media, they get played every other game. And I, and I also believe that um, Australia really felt the loss of Warner and uh, Pat Cummins. Um, they both were truly missed. Not that they didn't do well. They still won that one game, uh, the third test, but uh, they definitely were felt, at least the fourth test, for sure. Well, um, in India's defense, so when India goes to play in Australia, they make really bouncy pitches. You play at the waka and the ball is going past your your neck. They're, they're challenging you. But with is the it ever unplayable? Well, it's tough. And that's the whole point, right? If you have your home conditions, you want to exploit them and you want to challenge the other team. Talk about exploiting, their, man. That with, third pitch was just... Aside from that, the, the idea is that when these um, non-Asian teams come to Asia, you want to spin a web around them. When okay. You have, when you have bowlers like Ashwin and Jadeja and extra Patel... Um, you want to make turning tracks, but I agree that the, th- the third test match pitch. What about was... that first test match with the oh, this part is turning, but that part isn't turning, but this part might turn. Oh, this might might, and there's some grass here as well. Yeah, like I I don't get what they're doing with that. I'm not a fan of that. Just make the pitch as it is. Um, there should be some regulation on on that. Um, I mean, I guess there is, but I don't know. One of the other uh, major things that came out of this test series that Virat Kohli scored his first uh, test century. In over three years, um, yes, King Cole is back, which King just surprises is back. me. It, three, he's back. Three years, zero test centuries, just hit seventy-five te- centuries in all of, of all time. Sorry, in all togetherness, in all togetherness, <laughs> all together he hit seventy-five test centuries. Oh, wow! Say he it. has a cumulative number of seventy-five international hundreds there in his go. career. Thank you very much. Um, this last test, but it was shocking. Hundred. Sorry, I was just yeah. saying it was shocking to me that he just hit seventy-five. Yeah, because if three years no test centuries, let's just say he and other and other times he gets four to five a year or three to four a year, he's looking at around ninety. He should have been at around ninety right now. Absolutely, I think there were there was there's a period of a couple of years. I think sixteen, seventeen, or seventeen, eighteen, um, the late teens sure. of two thousands. Sure. Um, he was scoring like eight to nine hundreds a year, and then suddenly nothing. Yeah, so Be on this podcast or a version of this podcast talked about how it's been like over a thousand days or something like that yeah. since he scored a century. So, I mean, the man is back. There's definitely something to share about, but I do mourn the three years that went silent by uh, him because, man. Because, the, you know, I think three years ago, there were definitely talks about Virat Kohli coming close or even surpassing Sachin's record of 100-100s. Yep. But given this recent dry spell um, and given that Virat is also pushing... 35. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure how long he's going to keep playing. But Virat pushing 35 is like LeBron pushing 38. It doesn't really matter. 
because they're both extremely fit and they're both playing at the top of their game and everybody has a little bit of a spell here and there that's just like a little bit dry but then you come back and you score 187 yeah i really i don't know my, my inner feeling for some reason says that Virat goldie is not gonna play he's not gonna push his career past like 37 38 um like this cup coming odi world cup might be his last you think he's gonna call it uh, i mean it is a home world cup for him I don't think he's going to call it because he's made that mistake in the past where he called off, um, where he called the 2021 T20 World Cup his last as a captain. And that just went absolute, you know, um, as a disaster. And I've heard players who announce their retirement in advance that it plays an emotional toll on you. I was just uh, hearing uh, Mohamed Zafiz uh, speak at his retirement press conference where he said that he knew that the last uh, T20 World Cup in Asia in Dubai would be his last, but he never announced it in the beginning because he didn't want the emotions of that to take over. Mm-hmm. But in his heart and his mind, he knew it was going to be his his last tournament. Okay, maybe he had, maybe there's a situation like that going on, you know, where um, yeah, I don't think Michael Jordan announced his retirement until he won the sixth ring either. So I respect that. I, I think that's good. I think Imran Khan did the same thing, didn't he? When he came out, did he announce it beforehand? Like? I think he announced it. Yeah, also he was like forty. He was forty. Yeah, he was pushing forty. So yeah, so that that's fair, but. I don't know. Uh, I think it'd be a very sad day to see Kohli leave ODI cricket. I think it's going to be one of the best of all time. And it's genuinely going to be uh, a tragedy when he uh, passes on to the next phase of his life. But yeah, King Kohli's back, man. I mean, if he ever left, uh, 187 on the trot, dead rubber game. But it was nice to see him bat. It was always lovely to see his footwork. And uh, I learned a lot from him just by watching him. I agree. Um, do you want to talk about the New Zealand versus Sri Lanka match? Yeah, man. What do you mean? Finished last day, last ball, last back, wicket. <laughs> what the heck? Back-to-back New Zealand test <laughs> matches have become entertaining. And uh, I just saw, I was on TikTok the other day, and this, I saw this New Zealand fan just completely ripping the New Zealand team because they were like, they gave Sri Lanka 337 or 338 in the first innings, and they were like 160 for five. And this guy was like, bro, they're not even going to score 200 right now. Who's wrong now? These guys came back. They, they put runs on the board. They try to defend it. They try to go for the chase, and they got it. Rain man. came in the way. Rain came in the way. Like there's a lot of going on. It's one of the this New Zealand cricket right now is so exciting to watch, especially Test cricket. Um, it's fun to see them actually like pull this off. Uh, people forget New Zealand. I believe is the number one Test team in the world right now, or was. Uh, they played the final for sure last they year. They won the last World Test championship. Sorry, yeah, they won the last the last World Test. Like they, they're a formidable player they're they're formidable formidable team and about six to seven of those players who won that test championship are in the team right now kane williamson he's a goat he really is a goat he is the goat of fourth innings and i think oh my god in cricket you become a great player by scoring runs and hundreds in the fourth innings and i think uh kane williamson had one of the highest averages yeah i just saw that um, ever you know uh, who's number five on the list Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure um, Eunice Hahn is in there because I think he scored a bunch of four things, hundreds. A um, couple of double hundreds as well, I believe. Yeah, so might need to look into that stat. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was for like a winning cause? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I, I just saw it like I skimmed through it on Quick Info. Yeah, so I think we're we're going to be right now in the next cycle of the World Test Championship. And we're talking about India Pakistan being able to play a test match. The only scenario where I see this happening is if India and Pakistan both qualify for the World Test Championship final, and they, they can play a test match at a neutral venue. And I think ICC would absolutely love that to bits. Is that going to be... So the next World Test Championship is 2025. 
It's every two years, right? Yeah. Last happened in 2021. And then now it's 23 and then 25. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. I mean, in a world where Kohli doesn't retire from test cricket, because he can still play test cricket. Kohli versus Babar would be amazing to see that. If, yeah. if that happens. I mean, we're, we're, we're going so far into the future. This needs to happen and that needs to happen. And India needs to be on a good form. And Pakistan, like, it's a lot of this or that. But it and works Pakistan out. has a few tough tours coming up. We have a tour, yeah. uh, you know, against we have two tests against Sri Lanka. We have three tests against Australia at the end of the year in Australia. So that's going to be exciting and to watch. And then Russian these next year as well. Exactly. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see how the next cycle of World Test Championship pans out. This 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 is like a uh, opportunity lost for Pakistan for this year though, bro. They had like three test series at home. Um, they should have they should have been in the final right now against India. But are you are you following the Legends League cricket at all? What's going on with that, bro? The only Legends I follow is the Shoaib Akhtar YouTube account, bro. That's what is going on? I think it's it's entertainment, right? They they have it's like. The boys are back, and there's a reunion in Doha and, and under the sand dunes. But it's also so awkward because the Pakistan cricket fraternity is very toxic, and everyone talks smack about everybody. Um, Arjun and Shoaib have had a, a very serious brawl in the past. They seem to be best friends now. Shoaib spoke highly against Mizbah when he was captain. They're back together now. Mohammad Amr has also joined them because he's also technically a retired player. So. And he's there with Misbah and Hafiz, who both were, you know, anti Amr. Hafiz at one point denied to play in the same team as Amr. Misbah was the coach I when Amr retired. I hear you, but Amr accused Misbah of mentally torturing him. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're playing together. I mean, everybody has a price. At the same time, everybody's got to keep civility. You can't just be like an asshole. And what is the person. point of this league? To make money, bro. What do you mean? And to get moments. I mean, I was. Honestly, it was one of the most heartbreaking things to see Shoaib Akhtar bowl the ninth over at like, what was he bowling at? 110? I think I'm officially faster than Shoaib Akhtar. <laughs> now that he's 45 and I'm 24. 25, I'm 25. <laughs> um, I mean, it was just, it was just very, very um, hard to watch that over. And I watched the whole over because I do that to myself. I think it hits you looking at these old players play how old you've gotten. Mm-hmm. Like Shoaib Akhtar used to sprint and when I was a kid. Yeah. I was inspired to be a fast bowler because of him. Um, now the man's limping and I have back issues as well. <laughs> <laughs> as, as all I want to show is this. Everybody's out now. Um, you were talking about Shoaib Akhtar's vlog and how it sort of took you within the scene of the group of players. And yeah, man. You got to sort of experience what it's like um, to be there, POV. Um, and we also saw something very similar what happened with the Amazon Prime documentary, The Test. Yeah, yeah. You got to be in the Australian cricket team's dressing room, see the behind-the-scenes content. It, As a fan, watching that brings you closer to the game. It makes you more attached um, to the sport and to the team. And you were mentioning that perhaps something similar could happen to the Pakistan team. We have great filmmakers like Irfan Janejo, Muru, who can shoot that kind of content. And... I think if anything, it could, it would bring the fans closer to the game. And if you recall, recently, the last few months, we did see a lot of BTS content from the dressing room on PCB's YouTube channel, especially talking about the that second H checkup game against India, where we saw Shadab, Babur, Rizwan all in the dressing room, panicking, screaming, just like we do at home. Yeah, but it was some executive shooting from his iPhone. Yeah, imagine if that was shot like on a proper 
like mirrorless camera. We're talking putting you put some music in there. You get this guy to edit it. Whoever it is, get some talking heads. Yeah, get some talking. Like you definitely need that. Um, I just want to bring up a great example of how you export a sport to the world that not a lot of people know about. The F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix has changed F1. People who never knew anything about F1 are obsessed with F1 now. And that's just straight up marketing. You put, it's a year, every year they come out, they shoot the show, uh, they shoot the behind the scenes, and they make it engaging. Right? It, it helps that the sport itself is very high octane, but so is T20 Cricket. You know, like ICC, if had, they had any marketing brains, like ICC, reach out, I'll do it for you. You get these pr- cricketers, you have Virat Kohli, Babar Azam, Kane Williamson, some of the best cricketers in the world. You can't get talking heads of them. Like, this is going to be, if if ICC is ever to pull off anything that will export the cr- game of cricket, get a deal with Amazon and put this out yearly. You have a tournament every year. Mm-hmm. Put it out on those. You have a T20 World Cup, you have an ODI World Cup, you have a World Test Championship, and you have a Champions Trophy. Every year, which is great, by the way. This should this should have been happening for years. But now there's every year there's something to strive for, right? Do it. Put it out. Like the test is such a good example of something working so amazingly. And like I am a fan of Australian cricket team, but wouldn't that be amazing to see Pakistan cricket team like that or the Indian cricket team like that? We hardly, there's always like this huge gap between the fans and the stars. Uh, this is why I appreciated the Shaushri Bakhtar vlog so much was that because I finally got to see them one-on-one doing being goofy and weird. Give me that. I'll eat it up. I'll pay primetime uh, money for that. Yeah, on Netflix, I even saw a documentary uh, of the IPL where um, yeah, the Netflix team followed the Mumbai Indians team for the whole season. And so it's just so great to see like the ups and downs of the whole season. Um, definitely, if they do that in, in one of the ICC tournaments, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, Or great. even if the team just does it on their own. Yeah, just <laughs> the PCB could do it easily. Um, we've tried to get some Pakistani cricketers on this podcast. And every time we try to get one, we always get the same reply. Oh man, I would love to come on, but I don't get an NOC from the PCB. Like, why yeah, are you I'm guarding your players? I can't. I can't talk. Where, like, again, people hate when I do this, but I always compare it to the NBA. The NBA basketball players are free to go on any podcast, and the ex NBA basketball players have their own podcasts. JJ Redick has one. Draymond Green is in the Golden State Warriors right now, and he has a weekly podcast. Like, you need to let these players be open. It's the it's the age of the internet. Like, let them come out. Let them talk about special things and fans love that fans eat it up yep um i think that's a good way to end yeah this episode um i think we've covered a lot of different topics uh if you're tuning in thank you again rate us on spotify follow us on all the socials you can find the links in the bio yeah um and we'll see you on the next side yeah guys thanks for watching and cheers